0: Hello, and welcome back to Over The Top Football. I'm joined as ever with John. John, how are you doing today? I'm okay. This is a
1: a day delayed because I just haven't been able to speak to anyone since Friday's news about Jurgen Klopp resigning at the end of the season. And I still don't know if I am now, so you'll probably have to do the bulk of the talking in this episode. Um, Still very sad. Sad is probably the right word of how I'm feeling right now.
0: What about yourself? don't don't be uh sad because it's over be happy because it happened i think myself i'm I'm all good actually um tottenham are now out of the fa cup so there's just progressively less and less to play for but it'd be interesting to see kind of what we do with our team if any tactics evolve from now till the end of the season but yeah i think uh I'm intrigued. The season's really starting to take shape. There were some really interesting results in the football last night. Uh not least Luton battering Brighton 4-0. So, yeah, I think uh I think there's plenty to look forward to. And actually we're going to discuss the mar- uh, the manager merry-go-round um because I think it's not only really Klopp at Liverpool but there's a few dynasties, mini dynasties coming to their end. So it's quite an interesting one to look at now. Um, you have teed up Liverpool there, John, but at the risk of being a Liverpool-focused podcast, I actually thought we'd start with Barcelona, uh, where Xavi has just said that he's leaving at the end of the season. So in today's app, we're going to go over, yeah, the situations and who potentially could replace them on the manager merry-go-round. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, like you said, there's a number of
1: announcements already taking place. Uh, There's some publicity or some speculation around other managers uh, that we can get into as well. And there's also just some very, very trigger-happy board members and and boards that regularly change their management, um, as well as, obviously, new boards coming into place with the likes of United. So, yeah, I mean, if we start with Barcelona, Xavi... This season has obviously dropped off. Last season won the La Liga. I don't know if it's... He, he sort of said that it, it's the toughest job in the world and Pep Guardiola's come out over the last few days and said he completely understands. It drains you emotionally, physically. Um, but, I mean, it as a club, it is just in a complete mess still at the minute. If we go back to, you know, the financial issues that they have and they've sold a lot of their image rights and stadium rights... And I think Barcelona over the next 10 years, if the Super League doesn't happen, could be in a sufficient amount of trouble. So, you know, do big name managers take their opportunity to manage Barcelona now as it is? Or do they risk that the opportunity might come around again over the next decade? I mean, what do you think initially?
0: For my managers? Yeah. Yeah, so I've actually got a little list here. Um, so my initial thoughts are... um. Arteta or Nagelsmann don't know why I've written Klinsmann on my notes definitely not him Um, (laughs) I think those two are probably the elite elite candidates obviously the problem with Arteta is you're probably going to have to pay a little bit of a fee to get him out of there and Mm -hmm. Nagelsmann doesn't necessarily fit or he has no affiliation with the club which I think is quite an important thing for Barcelona but those two I think they carry the load a little bit less than um kind of the weight of expectation than a Javi would who'd only managed in Qatar previous to this. So I think either one of those is a good option. Um they both definitely fit in terms of the style of play as well. But actually I've got a couple of other interesting bets. So one manager who's out of work at the minute is Jorge Sampaoli ex-Chile, Argentina, Sevilla, Marseille boss. Um, He's got quite a good tr- trophy cabinet, to be honest. He's won copper um, Americas with Chile as well. So, um, yeah, he certainly would be an interesting outsider bet. But actually, the one I think is probably the best shout for this is Thiago Motta at Bologna. Obviously, a Barcelona player in the 2000s. Um, Bologna are currently eighth in Serie A. But he is the pioneer of the 272. So I think that's super interesting. Clearly got his mind switched on tactically. And I would love to see Barcelona's next innovation of their goalkeeper officially being part of their defence.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, for me, that's a very obvious one as well to look down. Um, Thiago Mota, former player, sort of fits into the profile of what they're looking for. Um, obviously, it's a highly stressful job, might come with some financial restraints over the next few years. So I mean I quite like all of those recommendations. I, I definitely like the model one, and I think that's one that I would certainly look down if I was, you know, making the decisions of Barcelona, but I'm not. Um, tell their names. I'll throw out. First one is a very obvious one. Um, has departed from his previous role a few weeks ago, and got on a flight directly from Rome to Barcelona. You know, a week before Xavi announces that he's going at the end of the season, and that is of course Jose Mourinho. Um, sort of doesn't really care about upsetting people, would probably happily go to Barcelona, even though he's previously managed Real Madrid, works under high pressure environments, probably because the pressure that he puts on himself is high enough already. So a name that will be in the mix, should be in the mix. Um, there's sort of fingers pointing as to why he was beating Barcelona in the first place. And the fact that he was there just before this news broke makes it look a little bit more interesting as well. The second one, is one that i thought you would bring up um which is uh, michelle sanchez at uh, the current girona manager why he wouldn't be in the running for the barcelona job i'm not sure but i think sort of taking advantage of someone who's sort of going off a really positive experience um, clearly very tactically astute able to get the best out of the players that are already there might need to be the case with barcelona over the next few transfer windows if you know, there's no more than you can to sell off and they've no more money to be able to bring in. Can they get the best out of the players and the youth players that they have available to them? Um, so that's why I thought I'd throw out those two names. My preference out of those two would be Michel Sanchez. It'd be nice to see someone like that take advantage of you know having a really positive season for Girona uh, But I think the Thiago Mata one is the one that I think is the most intriguing option for Barcelona at this point.
0: Yeah, so the Mourinho one, I absolutely hate. Um, not least just because obviously he was Real Madrid manager and formed a real kind of rivalry with Barcelona there. Um, didn't he eye gouge the former coach as well? Um, I just can't see it. I think it'd just be yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it shouldn't happen. I actually think Mourinho probably
1: should look at being done with club football and look at now steering into international football, which we might get into as well. But it's just the coincidence of him being in the city at the same time. You shouldn't look away from it.
0: Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Um I did actually have uh Girona Boss Michel on my list as well. Um but Titbit, he was actually Barcelona B manager and Laporta sacked him. Um so it would depend massively on what kind of the current state of that relationship is. Um would he be open arms enough to come back? Um, Because, yeah, obviously going back to a board who sacked you wouldn't necessarily be my first destination if I was coming off a rip-roaring success. So I think that's probably a narrative that, yeah, would be would be interesting. But fair play to him, he's smashing it. They're 11 points ahead of Barcelona, I believe, at the time of recording in the league. So, um, yeah, if you want someone who looks like they're a clear improvement of quality, he would be a man. Do you want to look at a next thing then? Um, so you mentioned Thiago Motta. I think he's probably my my number one pick there as well. Um, I'm guessing you haven't gone on the Mary, manager merry-go-round and given me an uh, option for Bologna. Um, but do you want to pick one of the other clubs or teams that you've picked, please?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have not uh, done a lot of research um but I will immediately go into Newcastle for me as a manager. Eddie Howe as a manager sorry is, should potentially be worried. Um I think we've spoken about it before as a club Newcastle weren't ready for the heights that they needed to to hit this year. They've had a lot of issues with the likes of Sandro Tonali spending a lot of money on him. Um they look like from a financial fair play perspective, you know, their hands are very, very, very much tied for the rest of this season. I mean, January transfer window has been probably the worst in the history of football. But I think that Eddie Howe's days could be numbered towards the end of the season um, if they're to finish where they're currently at. They came off an incredible performance again last night against Aston Villa. Um, But it's the type of thing if Eddie Howe gets other opportunities, if the England job becomes available in the summer, you know, I would, I would hate England to ever win the World Cup. But... If England are going to win the World Cup, I would want nothing more than Jason Tyndall being in the middle of that photo that will be on everyone's walls for the next 60 years in England. And, um, you know, that's why I'm sort of throwing out the Newcastle option, because I think Eddie Howe could have options come the summer, will have sort of been seen to have not improved in terms of the position last year, because I think they overachieved. And I think it's, it's sort of a matter of time anyway. Based on the ownership model, there, based on the expectations, and based on some of the financial restraints, you know, maybe needing to have a bigger name to attract bigger name players, Eddie Howe could be a man in trouble. But he will still leave his Newcastle role with high stock and having proven himself at a high level, which I think only benefits him long term.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we spoke on the pod before about kind of he's certainly done a good job, Eddie Howe there. Um. Overall, but yeah, obviously, if Newcastle finish ninth, tenth this year, is that really tenable for him to continue? Um, managing it seems like he'd probably get maybe the summer and an extra half year, but obviously giving the summer to somebody who you don't think is your long term option really makes sense. Um, who would be your picks to replace there? Newcastle wasn't a club I looked at actually.
1: Yeah. Again. I sort of threw his name out last time as well, but uh, Misel Sanchez is being linked currently with that Newcastle job. And he has been for a number of months, which would make me think that that's something that they might be having conversations about already because it's a name that continues to pop up very, very, very regularly. Um, The other options, it's to be honest, you know, if you're not, looking at someone like that are you looking at you know the best attacking manager in europe and nathan jones um you know is julian lopetegui an option for a year will obviously provide that uh experience and, and is proven in the Premier League that he can do it there um it's so it's difficult really do you give it to someone like Hansi e. flick who probably needs to go out and do another good job at a at a club level again um, or do you wait till the summer and see who becomes available following on from potential sackings and leaving their posts. So it's, I don't think there is a definitive handful of names that I could really commit to um, because I just don't know who would be readily available as of right now. But if you're going to throw out some, you know, you could look at the ones that I've mentioned. Lopetegui for a year could be an option until they get their finances back in, in order, uh, improve them in the league. And then bring in a longer term manager appointment, but yeah, you wouldn't be shocked to see Newcastle hire anybody. I don't think, yeah. I don't think people understand that you know once they get their finances in order, they are a bit of a sleeping giant. They have the fan base; they'll be able to get that financial pool. And they were Champions League this year. Probably didn't even expect to have Europa League this year, but in the next five six years, if you know they can. sort of ease up the financial fair play restrictions, then Newcastle will be a big opportunity for a manager. It's whether they try to get someone in now to take it over long-term, or they have a few stopgap managerial appointments, like like a Lopetegui, like a Jose Mourinho that that I've mentioned last time, who could help bring them some form of silverware success. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think experience short-term could be the next option.
0: Nice. Yeah, I was wondering... When you'd bring up Mourinho for that role again. Yeah, hard to know what Newcastle want and need, really. I think, obviously, they've got to wait to the summer to be able to have a bit more financial flexibility. And they've kind of had all kinds of names in their squad linked with moves out. I kind of feel like a lot of those financial burdens get solved with one big exit. For example, if Bruno Gimmarais exited for 80-85, so yeah there's definitely some um some leeway there and I'm annoyed you said Lopetegui because I have him as an option um actually for Roma who I'll discuss next um because obviously they have now fired Mourinho they were down in ninth at the time of firing I think they have now climbed to 6th in the league um they've brought in De Rossi that is fine till the end of the season but he's had one previous manager job in um the Italian either second or third division, and I'm pretty sure he took that team down. So he's hardly a really good, experienced option. Um, Lopetegui was on my list here. Um, I think super interesting. Roma have the third highest wage bill in Serie A. So whilst they've not spent much in terms of transfers, they definitely still have some pull in terms of their overall transfer budget. And you'll love this one, actually. But Thomas Frank. I think he's an excellent option to go take over at Roma.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think Thomas Frank should look to make a move over the next eighteen months. Um, regardless of where that might be. I mean, he I think he'd be a great option for Newcastle actually if if you want to throw his name out to my previous option. Um, but it's whether you'll see opportunities for him at the likes of at Chelsea or United or whatever it might be, or whether he would need to go to one of the European leagues. And I think Roma, Roma is Roma. Roma is an iconic city, obviously, an kind iconic of club. um, And it would be a massive job. and I think it would be a significant step up for someone like Thomas Frank right now.
0: Yeah, I think it is. So I can see why he would want to do it. But it's also, in many ways, not. Obviously, Brentford were linked with a £30 million mood for Noosa this week. so. In terms of your spending, you probably actually don't necessarily have more money to spend at Roma. But it's more the European football who will obviously get the chance to compete in the Europa League. Roma should be there and thereabouts in terms of Champions Leagues as well. Um, So I think in that regard, obviously, top six clubs in the United Kingdom, they kind of, they don't love taking a gamble on other managers in the league and giving them their first kind of taste of the step above so roma would potentially give frank a good landing spot two three years go and try and win something for roma again um because yeah i think that could be just an all-round really good option and in a time where roma probably do need to lower that wage bill he's an ideal candidate to come in and kind of help them scout and recruit slightly smarter
1: agreed I would agree. Um, I think he would be a top appointment for for most big clubs and if from where we able to get it done then I think it's a great appointment. Where do you want to go next then? Do you want to touch upon Brentford and potential opportunities for new managers there? Um,
0: I do not because I just <laughs> kind of feel like Brentford are they're such an interesting club in that Um, I just think it's like Brighton you don't teach them to suck eggs. I just think Brentford will have a 30 manager shortlist and they'll know exactly who is coming in to kind of replace Thomas Frank. It's worth saying Frank has signed a four-year contract as well, so I don't necessarily think the Brentford one is particularly urgent. Um, but I thought, because it's probably linked to my fourth one as well, now's a good time to probably discuss Liverpool and what is likely the outstanding option here.
1: Yeah. Okay, I mean the outstanding option would be the club changes his mind and he signs a new ten-year contract. Um, but yeah, it it is a completely new, it's a it's a rebuild required at Liverpool as of this summer. Um, obviously Skamaka is is leaving as well, so Skomatsky or I'm dreadful at pronunciations. Our, our entire coaching staff is going, so we need a new manager, new coaching staff, new sporting director. So it's, it's sort of more than just a manager that needs to be fulfilled right now. And that's probably why Klopp has made the decision to announce it when he is to give the club five, six months to sort of make the appointments that need to be made. Um, one of my recommendations were going to be that we look at, you know, Michael Edwards as a returning sporting director to help sort of fulfill the recruitment of a new manager. Even if we gave him, you know, if it was an FSG appointment, a sort of head of sporting matters at FSG, overlooking Liverpool, Red Sox, whatever it might be, uh, but he he has he's rejected that offer. Um, as of yesterday, actually, it came out that that was an offer that has been made. So I think having we probably need to make a decision on the sporting director over the next few weeks um, before we can really start sniffing around a manager uh, but the obvious the obvious appointment is Xabi Alonso he has that sort of gentleman's agreement that if Liverpool Bayern Munich or Real Madrid come in he can speak to them obviously has proven what he can do even in a short period of time at Leverkusen took over they were second bottom took them to sixth they're now top of the league this season unbeaten um, and probably you know still brings about that gig and uh, for sort of tactical side of the game that's highly linked to what Jürgen does today but with more of a sort of pep style further up the pitch before that Jürgen press Um, so probably complementary to the players that we already have there to the type of system that we've been implementing over the last decade under Jürgen Klopp but I'm still not overly ready to talk about the next manager and who it might be but I think all arrows would point towards Javi Alonso in a market where there isn't a lot of really top-class managers available to be very candid. I know some people are talking about De Zerbe. I think we'd need to change too much as a club to implement the De Zerbe style. I think they would be better fitted to Arsenal or City, for example. Um, so I think Xabi Alonso would be the outstanding candidate. If you look at other options that would fit with the type of players that we have available to us and sort of the way that Liverpool fans like to see us play now, the only other option that I'd throw out there that won't be an appointment, um, but but I think would fit as a continuation, would, would be the likes of Ange, Posta um, uh, But I don't think that'll happen. I think Xabi Alonso is the outstanding candidate and probably will be the one that gets the nod.
0: Yeah, so I agree. I kind of looked around the lists and kind of all roads point back to Xabi Alonso. In fact, the only one I put as kind of an underrated pick there is Klinsmann. I think a few things have to happen for Jabi to um, take it. So I think immediately you've got to sell him on who's coming into the club with him. Either kind of allow him free range at the picks or you get in a ranick whoever you get in, and you kind of say like, look, we're building this structure around you. I think you've basically got to give him two years. you got to say the requirement is Europa League football. And we'll give you two years because whoever's coming into that job as well, you've got to look at what happened to Moyes at Man United. And you've got to say Salah's probably on his way out in that time period. Van Dyke possibly could be, or at least he's going to need like aging out of the squad. So you've got two of your best players at a time when all of the backroom staff's gone as well. Um, yeah. Potentially coming out I mean, of the club.
1: The situation Liverpool now against United then is different. Like it's not it's not the same in the slightest because Ferguson for me proved that he's probably the best manager of all time with by winning the Premier League in his last season there because he did so with the mid-table squad. Like he the squad that won the league that year was nowhere near the level that it would need to be now to win a Premier League. Um and I think he understood that he was handing Moyes I mean, I wouldn't thank you if you were the incoming United manager to that squad with the pressure added on top of having to follow up Sir Alex Ferguson.
0: What you're saying is Ferguson was miles from the traitors. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, Yeah, I mean, what he handed over was horrendous. I think he knew that. I think he, he used up every piece of that squad to win himself the last title and handed over a heap of shit, really. Um, whereas if you look at the team that Klopp is handing over, regardless if if Klopp is there or not, you know Salah would be out the door over the next eighteen months. There's an option he could sign another twelve month extension, um, but whether that's going to be the case, I don't know. I think Virgil will be fine for the next sort of th- th- two to three years. It was always going to happen again. A, a new managerial appointment doesn't really change the fact that he's aging anyway. Um, and we have the likes of Kanate already there. We have the likes of Gerald Kwanzaa coming through. Um we'll probably need to sign another one over the next few over the next year um to make up for obviously the mat injury and, and his contract coming to coming to an end. But if you look at the core of the squad, I mean Kanate is still very, very young, 22, 23, Trent is 25, Curtis Jones has just turned 23, we've got Harvey Elliott in there, Sabozli lies 22, McAllister's twenty-five. Uh, Gakpo, Jada, Nunez all very young um, well, Nunez more so than the others So, and then Alisson if you can keep him happy, he's still there to be able to do it for the next five years so the squad itself is still very very strong um, it's just about making sure that what Klopp has implemented since he's come in he took over a club that hadn't finished you know, hadn't got to Champions League knockout stages in eight or nine years and he's got us to three Champions League finals in the nine years that he's been in charge potentially two additional uh European finals so in the nine years he could have got us to five European finals you know brought us within points of overcoming a Man City team with 115 financial fair play charges and doing so in a sustainable fashion whilst bringing the fans back together building the stadium building a really strong squad after what he took over uh, from Brendan Rogers you know what he's done is it will not go down as legendary as it, as it should do from the wider fan base in England. But I think Liverpool fans understand the job that he's done and the platform that he's built for the next manager to come in. I think that's why it's so important that they get it right this ne- next time round because he's built them a platform to go and succeed, especially with Pep hopefully leaving in the next year or two. Um, And it's just whether we appoint the right manager to be able to do that. If we bring in a, a Roy Hodgson type signing, then we've gone backwards by a decade before, you know, next season's even up.
0: Yeah, definitely. An important one to get right. And yeah, you can tell um, what Klopp kind of means to um, Liverpool fans. I think you mentioned that you didn't want Berserby partly on kind of like style and what he would need. I also think it's important to understand Liverpool isn't just a job. On the pitch, it's the community. It's how you deal with the press, the people, um. And Klopp's got that in abundance. Alonso seems like a smarter, smart guy, a little bit quieter. So you might lose a little bit of that. But um, I've also got someone like Klinsman on the list. But the concerns over him would be how he can identify with the fan base, and um, yeah, I mean, because Klins- that.
1: Klinsman would that would cause chaos. Yeah, cause um, it it would be such a such a st- downgrade really because it's not it's also not a young manager that you're wanting to sort of grow with if that makes sense
0: uh he's definitely
1: still young Klinsman
0: uh sorry not Klinsman
1: Nagelsman you're talking about Nagelsman I was wondering why you were bringing up Klinsman so much <laughs> I <was laughs> like that's that's a dreadful shout Nagelsman could work the difficulty in my my issue with Nagelsman is you have the likes of Kanate coming out you know over the next the last day you know, after he heard about Jurgen Klopp leaving, he decided, okay, I'm gonna have to die from this season, and that's the type of relationship that he's built up with the squad. It's very personal, it's very very tight knitted. Um, Nagelsmann had those issues at Bayern Munich. You know, he had the sort of stretch away from the players that it wasn't overly likable, and that's why I would prefer to have someone who knows the club, has got positive reviews in terms of personality and him as a person and has continued to touch upon his love for the club, even during his playing days. You know, sort of alluded to the fact that he wished he maybe had a stay at Liverpool for a bit longer to succeed and provide the Premier League to them uh, before going to Real Madrid, but that was never going to be an option under the likes of Roy Hodgson anyway. But I think Xabi Alonso ticks nearly every box that you'd be looking for a Jurgen Klopp replacement. Um, It's just a bit still too soon to even... Think about trying to replace Jurgen Klopp as a manager and as, as a person around the club.
0: Fair, yeah. I think uh, fairy tale stuff. If Xabi Alonso can break that Bayern dominance, win the league there, and then kind of the world's his oyster at where he looks to go next. So, another club I looked at was Leverkusen. Um, obviously that is Xabi Alonso's current club. Uh, do you have any options there?
1: Um, not really, because I was was sort of thinking about Leverkusen, and it sort of makes you think someone like Hansi Flick again. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to sort of continue to push the same names out, but someone like Hansi Flick would be a great option in terms of again trying to rebuild his managerial career following on from the the dreadful time as a Germany manager. Um, and I think then it does also you do need to take into account other managerial departures that need to be taking place this summer, but. There's multiple that you could look at. The likes of a Hansi Flick would be a great appointment for Leverkusen. Um, but could come under a bit of pressure because I think if Alonso and Leverkusen were able to go and get that job done, get that over the line and, and win the title, then it would be a really interesting one as to what would happen with Thomas Tuchel. I don't think he'd take over Leverkusen, but I think Leverkusen's hunt for a manager would become a little bit more difficult. If Bar Munich were looking for one at the same time, but it's whether you go for someone like Hansi Flick or whether you go down the you know Van Nistelrooy route, who had previous success at PSV Eindhoven as well, um, multiple options that you could look at. But I think more options will become available the closer that requirement gets.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's an interesting point about Bayern. I think Tuchel has really not been good there, to be honest with you. Keeps doing odd things as well, like the Dyer signing, for instance, is uninspired, to say the least. So, yeah, it's it's confusing kind of how he wants to play. And the defence hasn't looked particularly good at Bayern for a while now. Um, a couple of names I want to throw out specifically for Leverkusen. Lucien Favre um, did good jobs at Dortmund and Mönchengladbach. Um, yeah, he could definitely provide a bit of a ship steadier before you looked for your next wunderkind. Um, Nagelsmann, again, just a good option here. He's done a lot of the other big clubs, um, provided Leverkusen could afford his wages. He would be an interesting pick. I also had Ruud van Nistelrooy, still out of work, but a double winner in his first full season in management. And then the other interesting one here is Oliver Glasner. So he's been out of work since he decided to step down on his own accord, actually, with Frankfurt. But he won them the Europa League um so yeah he's certainly highly thought of um he's still in his 40s so he could be an interesting pick and he's not been out of work too long either I, I believe it's only a year or so so yeah he could be an interesting one hopefully renewed and excited about the Leverkusen project
1: yeah all good shots all good shots um obviously as things come become closer and more managers will become available as we've sort of talked upon as well Based on the upcoming Euros, it's always the case that international managers go into these tournaments, then they become available closely after either based on mutual consent or getting sacked. We've seen that during the Af- African Cup of Nations, and um, with Ivory Coast sacking their manager mid-tournament before realizing that they actually did get to the last sixteen, so they're through to the quarterfinals with no manager in charge. But my point is, is there any managers that you could see become available off the back of the Euros or? international nations that need to be looking at next managers following on from the European competition?
0: Yes, there are. Um, so I have my notes for England. Um. But I also noticed Ireland don't have a manager at the minute as well. So I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that. Obviously, that won't be Euros dependent. Um. But England, obviously, Southgate, love him or loathe him, Um. of which we have our different opinions on. I think it probably makes sense that he retires no matter what he does at the end of this cycle. He'd have had the job for seemingly forever now. Certainly his fair share of tournament. You hope that he can go out on a high. Probably it screams semi-final exit, unfortunately, at which point you're kind of looking at how do we get fresh impetus into the squad. We've been able to do it with some of the players. Obviously, Bellingham's come to the fore of late. But now can we look at doing it with the manager? Obviously, those big names don't necessarily make this easy because Steve Cooper's available, Lee Carsley's available. And I think now that you're looking at a squad with the best player on Bayern Munich and the best player at Real Madrid, I don't think they become viable options anymore. I just think the England job is now too big. It's got too many star names again. Um, So Graham Potters, someone I thought about, I think he's probably the most logical pick He's free, um, which obviously means he saves some money there. But if you look at kind of the job he did, and I think so much of management is being a good manager, but so much of it is also you having to suit the role and suit the players, particularly in international football, where you can't just buy the next person. But Potter plays really good possession play. Okay, fantastic. England's defence has been an issue, certainly at centre-back. If we can get a bit more possession and control of the ball, we expose that back line a little bit less. His other big issue has been playing nice football, but not having a striker you can actually finish off the goals because his strikers traditionally shoot under their XG. Maybe it's to do with kind of the amount of pressing they do and things like that. Harry Kane is one of the highest overshooters of XG. He's done it every single season. So one of Potter's main weaknesses effectively gets completely negated by his player talent. Um, If you look at some of the pace and power in the side as well, I think that kind of shows you that I think one of the things Potter would do is a bit like what Southgate is doing now with bringing Trent into midfield, but he would really work on alongside Rice and Bellingham. Who is that passer creator from the middle? Because I don't think England have done that particularly well. And more invention is probably what is needed to take us to the next step. I've then got you two, well, three outside of the box ideas. So the first, which some Englishmen might see as a sin, is to go for Hansi Flick or Joachim Lowe. Obviously, they have experience of winning a tournament uh, with Germany, a World Cup, so get them now while their stock is a little bit lower. Um, they should, in theory, be better for their experiences, all bad, or good. So I think they're interesting picks. And then I'll let you answer this before I come to you with my incredibly, you won't believe why I've even suggested it pick, but I actually think it's a belter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised you haven't thrown a Klinsman. That might be your next option. Um, <laughs> but Yeah, for me, for the England manager, two names that sort of for different reasons and different approaches uh, would be Eddie Howe, number one, probably would be first option Um, in terms of, you know, I think Steve Cooper's name should be in there based on what he's done at Andre's level for England. Um, as well as I think he had a really tough job in Nottingham forest and I think he did pretty well for an extended period. But the fact that it ended in a sacking, for me, rules that out. I don't think England should be looking at a calibre of a manager that sort of gets sacked during a relegation battle. Um, that's what he did with the current one and I think he's could have done better. Um, other options... For multiple reasons, uh, Jose Mourinho knows the English game so so well. Uh knows the knows how to win knockout competitions, have has won European tournaments at club level for Porto, Inter Milan, Roma. Um so understands what it takes to win international um, or European competitions. Uh, and I think it would, you know, he's I think his first preference would be to live in London regardless anyway. Um, would be able to manage the high expectations, would understand how to manage the English press and would be able to hopefully get the best out of players on a shorter term basis rather than having to work with them on a day-to-day basis. So there's two multiple there's two options really. If you go down a short-term experience option, I think you, you think Josie Areno should be looked at. You know, I think what had been proven by England fans in the last few tournaments as well is they don't really care if they win playing defensively. Um, you know, as long as they win, and that's the important bit when it comes to international tournaments anyway, no one really remembers the style of play and, and how they got there in the end. Um, you know, that's been proven with Garth Southgate playing five at the back and two defensive midfielders. But Jose, you know, taking up that mantle to grind out results somehow would be sufficient. I think if you had the likes of Jose Mourinho managing that final against Italy, he probably would have won, which is my thing. I think he would be able to get you over the line in those big games. Um, But if you're looking longer term, then I would look at Eddie Howe as I think he has the, the most potential and has proven himself at the highest level for an English manager. But I'm one of these believers that I don't think that the manager needs to be the nationality of the country in order to do the job.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I do think they have to speak the language, just because I think it's such a iconic position in your country. Um, but obviously, Jose can do that with a plum, even though I don't necessarily think he's the right fit. Do you want to take a stab at who my wild card suggestion is?
1: Um, if I was going to go all out, I would say I wouldn't be shocked if it was Carlo Ancelotti, for all the reasons I've just thrown out about Jose um understands English press, the English style of the game, wouldn't be shocked if it was Carlo Ancelotti. Um and then, you know, you're gonna talk about potentially Man City's financial fair play issues and you know Pep Guardiola m- might want him to go to England because he would probably never manage Spain because he's Catalonian and not Spanish. So there are two options that I would throw out there that could be your shock um selections.
0: Oh how big a job you think the England manager job is. No. <laughs> Um, I have gone for Andre Villas-Boas. He's out of work. He's still only 46. For a reason. No, history <laughs> is nowhere near as kind as it should have been to Andre Villas-Boas. So at Spurs, he averaged 1.91 points per game. Um, That is pretty good, obviously, getting very close to that two-point mark. Porto, outrageous, 2.62 points per game. And then two of his most recent jobs in Zenit and Shanghai, Shenhua. Again, he's averaging over two points per game in both of those, 2.08 and 2.04 respectively. So you've got an incredibly well-travelled manager here. I think um, the fact how, uh, how messy Marseille have got since as well, which was a job I believe he walks away from as well, wasn't sacked, um, kind of showcases that he actually was doing a, a Pretty decent job there as well. So you've got a manager here who's clearly pretty talented, plays an all right style of football as well, is multicultural and can speak English with knowledge of the Premier League. Admittedly, it's a few years ago. I think you're looking there at someone who is significantly more tactically adept than Gareth Southgate is, understands the international game, and yeah, could actually be a really good left field option here.
1: I mean, it's, it's certainly a left-field option. I mean, I agree with all your points. He was actually going to be one of the names that I was going to throw out for Leverkusen as well. Um, I just don't know how it fits into England. And you haven't persuaded nice. me. That
0: is the fantastic analysis. Uh, you haven't persuaded listeners...
1: me. I sort of paused to see, see if I could sort of make it work in my own head, but I just can't. I do not think there's any reason as to why that managerial appointment should be taking place. Um. You know, even Hansi Flickman, who's you know, very publicly failed in his German job, was probably a better shout than, than Phyllis Boas. But yeah, I mean, as an English fan, I mean, whoever it is, I'm going to figure out the negatives around it anyway. But as an English fan, who would you like to see walk through the door is the most important thing.
0: Honestly, don't know. And I think that's why it just is so open for debate. Um, Jurgen Klopp would be a good option. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him or Pep or um, yeah, some of the ones that feel unrealistic. I think out of the genuinely realistic options, I think you'd be you'd be thinking about um, Graham Potter kind of as, as your number one. Doesn't fill me with joy and excitement that appointment, but. Do I think he's an upgrade on what we currently have? Yes, which is probably a good place to start.
1: Yeah, it just feels like Southgate 2.0, though. Like, I'm not saying they look similar, but I don't think they look overly dissimilar as well. It just, for me, it's just a little bit too much of the same. So that's why I would look for a change and I would look to get in. I think I would go, I would sell my soul for international success and I would go Jose, but I completely understand why. England fans wouldn't want to do that, but you know I'm an Ireland fan who has loved to be managed by the likes of Giovanni Trapattoni in the last what, probably two decades at this point, I'm starting to feel old. Um, but I would love to be able to be linked with the likes of Andres Villas Boas for Ireland. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, I would. I also think Lee Carsley having an Ireland job would be unreal, but apparently he's rejected it, so that might sort of open some doors to the england job or or give some form of um sort of insight into the fact that he could be a candidate for the for the role in the summer um but yeah the ireland job would be a tricky one to fill once you know the other managers become available or leave i don't think we should be in any rush to make that appointment because more managers will become available but the ones that probably should be on the the radar the likes of a roy Keane, you know Chris Hewton potentially having left his post at Ghana following the African Cup of Nations and obviously has previous with Republic of Ireland. Um, Neil Lennon's being linked. I wouldn't like to see that one. I would actually quite like to see someone like Gus Poyet. I think he would have the right mentality and would probably get the grips with being an Ireland manager relatively quickly.
0: He's um, a Greece manager recently appointed.
1: Yeah, he's come out sort of quite positively. About being linked with the Ireland job in recent days.
0: Hmm, interesting. Which is
1: which is why I throw his name out. I would normally wouldn't throw someone like that out if they're still in a job and, and not really close to being sacked. Um but he said he was honored and it would be a privilege to manage Ireland someday. So that's why I throw his name out. It could be an interesting one to to look at in the future.
0: Yeah. I like that. Interesting. I won't give you my island candidates because I have absolutely no idea. I did think about Roy Keane as well. But yeah, you don't know if uh, some of that bad blood's been settled yet. Um, You'd think it would have been. But Roy Keane is the type to hold one for a few decades. On your mentioning of feeling old, I don't think I've ever felt older than this week. When Do you remember Shakira's Whenever, Wherever? Yeah. That has now been put into a dance remix um it feels not that long ago 10 years maybe since that song came out and now they're already finding a way to target it at the younger generation um because they can't possibly see slightly older music for themselves and need it to be put with a dance tune so i heard that and i was like oh my oh golly i have really hit (laughs) the third decade hard is what i thought about that
1: yeah, we should probably end the podcast on oh golly, and another reference to another hidden female artist of yours um, that you like. I think we've had Shakira, we've had Leona Lewis, we've had a handful of others, but uh, we're building up a good understanding of your your music collection on your your Spotify account.
0: Hundred percent. Well, um, it's safe to say my other wild card pick for the England manager position is Beyonce. So. What a way to end the pod there. Um,
1: actually, you know, one name for England that I will throw out before we leave is actually Sabrina Wiegmann, um, an English manager who's actually got success and could be rewarded for that. Um, just as we're talking about managerial appointments, I think Serena Wiegmann's hat should very firmly be in the ring for the England job as well. and One that we overlooked, so apologies for
0: that. Um, I really, really rate that. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's interesting if it's one of those where, you'll get some corner of the internet, then complain, be like, she's already England manager. Why do we think the men's is better? Um, equality. So yeah, it might be one of those ones which seems like a step forward, but you can never please everyone all the time, can you? Yeah, that's true.
1: That's true. But um, yeah, could I think, would be as well-equipped and you know best, as well-positioned as anybody to go and do that job. Um, and clearly understands the English game and the English way of living. And is and another example as to why the next manager for England does not need to be English. But definitely, let's wrap it up there. That's been enjoyable. Um, well, no, it hasn't been enjoyable. I've hated talking about Jurgen Klopp leaving Liverpool, but the rest <laughs> of them are interesting.
0: For sure. Um, we're, we've we been over the top football,
1: and we'll catch you next time.
0: Cheers, Johnson. Bye-bye.